Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Eliza is a vegan horticulturist, and she is the most recent guest in the Honest Upper podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for um, having me on. I'm very happy to have you here. I'm very grateful to be here. (laughs) Awesome. Right. So uh, I really want to know more about you, about what you do, what what kind of things you like uh, you like to do. Okay, so to begin, um, I'm a recent grad. Um, I graduated in agriculture, specifically horticulture, which is a science-based degree. And um, my degree is specialized in fruit and vegetable production on a commercial scale. So um, I guess kind of like row crops, so like soybeans, corn, stuff like that. But obviously for fruits and vegetables, um, in my area, it's really big for pecans, peaches, blueberries, because I live in the south um, eastern U.S. And so right right next door is Georgia, because I live in Alabama. Georgia is really big in peaches and blueberries. My university was really big in pushing for pecan production, because the U.S. actually wants more pecans to be, be produced, because China actually eats pecans year-round, while in the United States, they only eat pecans during um, the holiday season. Yeah, that's that's what I what I do. I actually work at a botanical garden and I'm over the vegetable production there. And through the garden, we har- we harvest and we give it to a, um, a chef that works with low income families or families that are kind of like in food, um, food insecure areas so that they can have a decent meal, which I think is pretty cool. That yeah. is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually going to be moving down closer to the Gulf of Mexico mm-hmm. and I'm actually looking to get my my scuba diving um, certification, and I'm actually looking and pursuing a master's degree in marine biology. I think that would be really cool because that's something I've always wanted to do growing up, but it was kind of pulled away from it. Oh, you know, you're not going to find a job. You're not going to be able to make a lot of money, this and that, blah, blah, blah. You need to do this. You need to think about family, all, all these things. So yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. All the expectations. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I get like, okay, there's so much about what you said that like really resonates with me. So um, regarding my like becoming a marine biologist, I also, mm-hmm. that was also one of my childhood dreams because I used like, I love dolphins. I think every kid loves dolphins, but. Yeah, I, I feel like everybody <laughs> that like grew up in the uh, like late 80s or 90s, well, I'm a 90s kid, I grew up in the 90s. It seems like everyone and one wanted to be a marine biologist, but it's like, you know, I grew up and, you know, I became an adult, so I'm not going to do that. But there's yeah. that, that kid in me that's like, no, Eliza, like you're getting older, like you still want to do this at the age you are. So I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to do it. I think that's, I think that's absolutely awesome that you, you know, you're still pursuing that dream. I, 
Like I remember thinking about wanting to do that when I was a child, but it wasn't a strong a desire that it actually didn't leave me. Like I think I got over it like two years afterwards. You um, know someone that gotten over it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good that you're pursuing it then. Um, I love the ocean and everything has to do with the ocean and all the animals in the ocean, except the ones that can hurt me. I'm a little bit scared <laughs> right. of them. I'm a bit scared of them. But other than that, I, I completely, res- like everything about the ocean, like completely resonates with me. And I actually tried getting my PADI certification mm-hmm. as well for scuba diving. And I, but I realized when I was getting the certification that I can't actually dive. Oh no. I have this thing in my ear, but you know, it's okay. I found another way to connect with the ocean. I'm a kite surfer now. <laughs> I need, okay, to, stay awesome, ab- awesome. I I need to stay <laughs> I need to stay above the water. So, uh, yeah, uh, so I think it's really, really cool and very commendable that you're actually um, going after your your dream. And on the other hand, you know, about regarding vegetables and fruits, because I know nothing about agriculture per se, but I feel and I feel that everything that is produced in the States in the agricultural industry is just like filled with hormones and genetically modified. And it's just like, they're like massive productions and I don't know, is this, is this how it is? Uh, I'm, I'm very curious, you know. For the most part, yes. Um, most of the land that is used for crop production is actually geared towards animal agriculture. So that's growing, you know, hay, corn, soybean, which, you know, in turn gets thrown in, you know, cattle feed, poultry feed. A pig feed, just all the things because it, it's it's cheap, right? Um, actually, a small small percentage of corn actually goes into like your gasoline for like what it's called. I think it's called um, ethylene or something. Um, I can't remember what it's called. But and then soy, actually, ten percent of soy production actually goes for human consumption. So that's like your um, just soybeans that you snack on, your soy sauce. But that's that's still like a very small percentage. Because mm-hmm. most of that does go towards animal feed that we in turn around, and, you know, and eat, which, you know, honestly, if we use all that land to grow fruits and vegetables that people can actually consume, we could probably feed more people and we could probably feed more people in other countries that are in food insecure areas. But that's a whole other talk and topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do find it very interesting because you did mention that you worked at a garden that has this program for people who have who have issues with securing food. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I think that's awesome. And I think that it's something that is very needed in many, many parts of the world. Because, I mean, so there's that, of course, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that don't have enough food. because Or they don't even know how to like grow plants. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. But even, even if they knew there's like other factors that don't allow them to actually like get the food that they need. And I'm thinking more about regions in Africa, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very scared. And this has to do a lot with the child-free subject in a way, because I've I read somewhere that we are already using like 1.6 of the capacity of the earth, of the like land capacity in terms of agriculturally speaking, like there isn't enough food for all the people in the world. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that food that they're talking about is basically meat. Meat? So yes, it's, it's meat. So that's your cattle, your chicken, um, fish, fish is a whole different thing. But when we're talking about land, that's mostly mostly meat because what do do cows need they need a lot of you know they need a lot of land to graze on if you want to graze them 
Um, even if you just have them in farms, like those farms are huge. Um, so you need, you know, land for that. I believe a lot of the Amazon is being cut down, not only for, for palm oil, but just to have more cattle. Yeah. Because beef is such a big thing. Like beef in the States is, I guess, a lot cheaper than in other countries. So it's like, oh, how can we get beef cheaper, I guess, in other countries? It's like, well, the, the, the main thing is, is meat. And it's sad because there are actually certain countries where they produce, you know, cattle, meats, but they get sent off to like, you know, more industrialized countries. So you're using the land and resources to grow these animals that you can't even really eat. And you could be using that land resources for yourself, for your own community. Mm-hmm. But animal agriculture is so, is so bad. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, one of the reasons why people change their eating habits. And I know mm-hmm. that you're vegan. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to ask you, when did you embrace veganism and why? So I originally went vegan, I think it was 2016, 2017, because it really didn't have anything to do with animal, excuse me, agriculture, because I did not really put two and two together. I just knew what happened in animal ag of like, what happens to baby cows, what happens to male baby chickens, and all these terrible things, animals, you know, that they, they go through. And I was looking at my dog and I was like, I wouldn't eat my dog. Like, I wouldn't want him to go through that. Like, I love animals, but then I'm eating these animals Mm. that I say, you know, I love animals, which is kind of hypocritical. So I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. Um, It was very slow and gradual. Like, some people are like, oh, you know, I went vegan overnight like that. Not me. Like, I love chicken. Don't get me wrong. I love chicken and I love fish, but I just did not want to eat them. They're very high in cholesterol. I think the number one killer in America is heart disease or related like the heart issues. Mm-hmm. Heart issues usually come from having high cholesterol, um, you know, stress, which I definitely have a lot of stress. So I'm like, well, I've had a lot, a lot of stress. Let me lower my cholesterol to, <laughs> at least, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. So, um, but I been, I actually got off of being vegan because I got so much like backlash for it. It was, it was awful. I got so much much hate for it. Um, My family was not supportive. My boyfriend at the time was kind of supportive, but he was like, you know, it it was easier and better when you actually ate meat. (laughs) I got picked on all the time and I was like, okay. So I kind of stopped and then actually went back at the beginning of this year and I haven't looked back and I don't plan on looking back. I've, uh, I guess, developed a stronger backbone for myself, you know, standing up for myself and for it and for the animals and why I choose to eat this way. Yeah. Wow. You know, I've had a couple of, a couple of my guests have been, that have been in the Honest Supper are also vegan. Mm-hmm. And I ask them, you know, what have you been given more grief about being vegan or being child-free? And it's always being child-free. Absolutely. <laughs> so if you got a lot of grief about being vegan, uh, we're going to talk uh, about, you know, what happened when you decided to embrace a healthy lifestyle but it's just I don't understand why people need think that they need to meddle in decisions like that one like like for example becoming vegan it's such a personal thing right if I'm not eating any meat how does that impact your life how does that impact your metabolism how does that impact your I don't know you name it like it has nothing right. to do. I mean, yes, it's a little bit uncomfortable that when we go out, you need we need to find a place that, that is vegan friendly or eat, you know. If you oh yeah, it. you're seen as the burden, the and the inconvenience, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm, 
sorry, but you're inconveniencing a lot of animals, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's not really an inconvenience. It's like, oh yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient, whatever. But it's not like, it's not like you're destroying people's lives. You know what I mean? Right. So I like, for me, it's just like, I don't understand. And there are many countries that, for example, Colombia, where I'm from, mm-hmm. veganism is still not a thing. So people are mostly, people who embrace different uh, eating habits are mostly either vegetarian mm-hmm. or pescatarian. Mm-hmm. And there are a few restaurants for both, but not like strict vegan. Um, there's very little choices. So I think there's still a long way to go. A very long way to go. Oh, absolutely. I feel like even in the U.S., like, you, like yes, U.S. is vegan friendly, but that's only in certain cities, usually your bigger cities. Yeah. Like, where I live, absolutely not. Like, there's three places where I can get, like, a vegan burger, and that's it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I can't just go get, you know, vegan fish. Like, how do you make tofu taste like fish and be flaky like fish? I don't know, but I've had it, and it was awesome, yeah. and I've had pork and you know vegan pork or whatever vegan asian food but i just can't get that around here i can't imagine and do your colleagues are your colleagues also vegan uh in general would you say um no most of them are definitely still omnivores uh whenever i was in college there was actually a vegan group that i joined and we did some um, activism but it wasn't very tight knit. There's only one that I really follow and he's very active. He moved to North Carolina and he's the guy who like takes pictures of cows and he'll go to like factory farms and like try to show you what's in factory farms and educate you and stuff like that. So he's, he's doing a really good, I guess, for the in quotation marks, (laughs) vegan mission, (laughs) but, but yeah, no, a lot of them are not vegan and they find me as an absolute inconvenience. Oh, wow. And you would think maybe people who are like deep, neck deep into the whole agricultural industry and know what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like um, the ag people here, like, oh yeah, like I love my beef. I love this and that. Like I was in one class, it was actually a food safety class and this girl was in poultry and she was telling me how apparently there were maggots on like the stun gun that you put to the chicken's head. And I was like, oh no. I was like, you're telling me that there was maggots on the stun gun that killed the chicken and you're okay with still eating it. And she's like, yeah, it's fine because whenever you put it in the oil, the oils want to kill the bacteria. But I don't know, just like, it just- Oh my God. It blew my mind. I was like, no. That's so off-putting. Yeah. It's so, it so bad. I tried I tried to go vegetarian and I did for a while, but mm-hmm. my body, I, it wasn't functioning correctly as a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately- I feel that um, only recently, earlier this year, I found out that I have a very strong gluten intolerance sensitivity. Ooh, yeah, okay. So whenever I first went vegan, I actually ate a lot of carbs, a lot of pasta, because I didn't know what I was doing. So I gained a bunch of weight. And then come to find out I have gluten intolerance. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's why I gained all this weight and all this terrible stuff. Because after I found out that I was, you know, gluten intolerance and sensitivity or whatever, I'm basically celiac, except my body doesn't attack itself. Mm. Um, I've been losing weight like crazy ever since I cut out gluten which is great because I need to but yeah I I understand like I don't push it on people I'm just like hey this is these are the facts you sleep on it at the end of the day it's your own decision you're listening to the honest uproar a podcast where modern child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community 
there's something that I know about you. Um, mm. And it is that you didn't like baby dolls when you were a kid. Yes, I did not like baby dolls. Um, there was one in particular that I had. Um, I remember it had like this little cap on it with the ball on, on the end. And it was like, like a glowworm thing. I don't know. It was weird, but it would play music whenever you hug it. And I don't know why I always got super upset with it. I always, it always made me cry. I did not want to be around it. So didn't like that. And then throughout the years, because I, I was very, very little when I had that. And then throughout the years with other baby dolls, I was just like, I don't want this. I don't want to be around it. I remember playing with like little kids and you know how you have, oh, I'm the mom, I'm the dad kind of thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be the dad, <laughs> especially if I was playing with another girl. Cause it was like, I don't want to do clean the house and tend to the baby. Like I wanted to go, go to work, you know, go explore, like go do fun things. Uh, Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. And so you've always uh, been inspired by that, like, independent archetype of women, right? Yes, yes. And that's the kind of person that you are today. For, for the most part, yes. Um, I always had issues with worrying about how other people think of me, stuff like that. It's like, oh, I should be nice. I should be peaceful. I should do this. I should do that. I should turn the other cheek. I've always been considered like a pushover. Like I actually had one friend and he was like, Eliza, are you a pushover? I was like, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, and through over the years, I've, I guess, been trying to break through that and learn how to take up for myself and say no, things, things like that. So. How, I would, I'm very curious to know how, if there's something specific that you're doing in order to like set boundaries or how is it that you went from a pushover, quote unquote, to being a lot more uh, assertive and independent and kind of like, I don't care what people say. I think it was due to my breakup. So I was in a relationship for five years. Me being child-free had nothing to do with that breakup. That was on something completely different. But I decided my degree based on that relationship. So you know how I said I wanted to do marine biology? I had looked at it in my undergrad and there was a summer internship that that you would have to do down on the Gulf of Mexico. And I was like, well, you know, I just started in this relationship and I don't want to cause long distance because I would have been like, what, maybe four and a half hours away for that summer internship. And then I was like, well, there's this really hard class. And I just wanted, you know, that be that peacemaker kind of person. So whenever I went to school, so to backtrack, I originally wanted to be the first female Blue Angel pilot. (laughs) That was like my thing. Wow. Um, Yeah. So there is one now, but back in the early 2000s, when I was younger, there wasn't one. I was like, I want to be the first female Blue Angel pilot. So I wanted to join the military. Um, Well, the Navy, like, like my grandfather, Blue Angels are in the Navy. And um, my parents are like, no, you don't need to go to the military because that's a man thing. You need to go to college and find a man, be normal, you know, get married and have kids. That's your parents told you this. Yeah, basically. Okay. 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 And I was like, okay, so like if I can't, well, you have to get a bachelor's to become um, an officer and you have to be an officer to be a pilot. So I had to go to school anyway. But if I had stayed on course to become a pilot or try to, I would have gone been completely different with like how I approached college like I would have gone in like music or something because I 
played saxophone for seven years, alto and tenor. So yeah, so I was going to do aerospace engineering because that was like the next best thing. I had to work with planes. Got talked out of that, did electrical. I can't code to save my life, C++, I can't code. So long story short, I found myself in ag. It's actually fine. Soil and dirt, pretty, pretty fascinating. And I find fruit trees very fascinating. And I was like, oh, it'd be cool, you know, because what is something, because I was trying to find a degree that I could be like, okay, no matter how bad the economy gets, how can I still get make money? Ag, because people still want to drink, you know, wine comes from grapes, beer comes from wheat, barley and rye. Um, people like the smoke. So that's tobacco now with the whole weed industry, you know, that's marijuana. So <laughs> people always want to eat, smoke and drink. <laughs> so that's what I got in the ag. I was like, okay. So there was that. And, you know, I like what I studied. It was good, but it's not something I'm like super passionate about. And then with the whole breakup, I was like, you know, I, I chose a major based off of this. I did all these things because of this relationship. Um, you know, I put someone before myself. I, you know, fell with like depression really, really bad. It was, it was really bad, really dark. Let's, let's just say that. And I had overcame that. I finished my bachelor's even after what I went through with my breakup. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done living, I guess, like a life of dogma. So that's the long story of me putting myself first to saying no, setting up boundaries. Like anytime my parents are like, well, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to have this conversation right now. You know, you're not supporting me in the way that I want to be supported. So we're done talking. Um, people who want to put me down or, you know, be like X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I don't agree with X, Y, Z. I'm like, I'm not going to talk, talk with you. <laughs> so I guess just keeping toxic people out of my life and yeah. not listening to naysayers. Like I've always listened to naysayers and that's because I've had very low self-esteem and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Like I'm done. I'm tired of being tired. <laughs> I completely understand. So everything happened because of that breakup. Like it was kind of like the breaking point basically for you. Yeah, that was like the huge trigger. I was like, okay, you know what? All of this is behind me now. This this, this relationship, this um, bachelor's degree. And now I'm going to start where I wanted to originally. Which is great. And also, you know, being child-free, you also need to set very strong boundaries too. Because everyone's um, telling us, everyone and everything tells us you need to have a baby. Right. I feel like coming to terms with like setting the boundaries of like, oh, I'm, I'm a vegan. I'm not going to change that to make you feel comfortable. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. like I feel like that's going to make because I'm not very open about being child child free. I mean, being on this podcast is probably going to be, be like my outing story or whatever. But like <laughs> being child, child free, it's like it's going to help me, you know, stay strong and keep that boundary of like, no, I'm not going to you know, have kids for you because, oh, you know, I love you and you're special. Yeah. Because <laughs> that happens more often than not people having kids just because they want to keep their partners and that doesn't really work. Right. So when is it, when was the first time that you thought, I don't want to have children? Um, I think that was back in, I feel like 2017 was like the year. <laughs> 2017, I know it was like three and a half years in my relationship. See, that relationship fell in 2019, the beginning of 2019. So two years. So yeah, about 2017. It just randomly hit me. Like I was just like, you know, I really don't want kids. And I actually thought about getting my tubes tied. And I remember having a conversation with my ex about it. And he was like, no, why don't you just get the implant or like, what's it called? The, is it the UDI? A UD. 
And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. one of those. And I was like, no, because I was on oral birth control for a while and I did not like that. First one I took, I think was high in, what's it called? Um, progesterone, progesterone. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me cry over everything. I would watch kittens on Facebook and cry. Yeah. And I usually don't cry. I usually don't cry unless someone, something like someone dies or like something really bad happens. So I was tired of crying. Then I got on an estrogen one and that was okay, but I just felt weird. I felt off um, being on birth, birth control. So I got off of it and just basically use condoms or kind of like a pullout method and keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> but I was like, you know, because the whole pullout thing is great and wonderful or whatever, but it'd be nice if like, I didn't have to worry about it, period. It's like, get my tube side. But it'd be better if like the guy got a, you know, he got snipped because it's less invasive. But anyway, yeah, it just, it just kind of hit me one day because I was like growing up, you know, I said I wanted to be a pilot. So family wasn't involved in that. I did grow up whenever I was little. I was like, oh yeah, I am going to have a family. I thought about having a biology, a biological child and then adopting a child. But once I came, became an adult, I was like, whoa, wait, kids are expensive. I actually um, don't like being bothered with anything. You know, all these different factors that I did not think about when I was little. And I was like, you know what? I actually don't want kids. I don't want to become pregnant. I'm terrified of pregnancy. I don't, I mean, I like kids, but I like kids in the way of like, oh, I can play with them and then give them back. I know exactly what you mean. Um, So do I. But (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting though, um, you know, because I mean, it happened more or less the same way for me. Like it just hit me one day and it was because somebody was like, you do know you don't have to have children, right? And I hadn't actually thought about it until then. Mm -hmm. But then when you make a decision and then you like own that decision, it kind of, it becomes part of who you are, right? Right, right. And I think the being child-free is such a great way to live my life. I'm not saying it's the best decision for everyone. Everyone has right. the right to make their own choice. But for me, it was just like, wow, <laughs> I'm so glad I did this. Well, I didn't do the whole motherhood thing. Right. Um, right. Like, I feel a lot better knowing, like, you know how people tell you about your biological clock? Yep. It's- I know some women who are like, oh, my biological clock is ticking. Like, I need to find a man, blah, blah, blah. I'm so worried, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, I don't have to worry about that. And that's such a good feeling. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Absolutely true. And what does your family say about the fact that you don't want to have children? Do they know? So they actually do not know. I am terrified of that conversation because I feel like it's going to get really nasty because I feel like my parents are like, okay, well, we sent you off to college. You were supposed to find a good man. That didn't happen. But you do have a degree now. So go find yourself a man and then give us a grandkid. And that's going to be our reward for sending you off to college. Wow. That's not what they have said, but that is kind of how they make me feel. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. Are you uh, an only child or do you have any siblings? No, so I do have a sibling. Um, he is seven years younger than me. He is also kind of on the child-free side, but he's kind of more in the air about it mm-hmm. than I am. I am like definitely like, see, you don't have to go through the whole nine-month pregnancy thing. You don't have to worry about your abs splitting apart. You don't have to worry about, you know, the husband stitch and all that. Like, yeah, I just want any of it it's like you're you easy you just do your you do your thing and then deal with the angry woman for like nine months and then have a kid (laughs) I mean it's different of course right um but you know I'm wondering 
are you like because there's people who ask me how do you how do I tell my parents and I, I can never answer that question because everyone's relationship with their parents is different everyone's situation is different like I need I would need to know a lot of information about the person to be able to kind of guide them through that right. um but somebody said to me oh uh, something about telling their parents and then she said and I think I always think what's the worst that can happen and I mm-hmm. and I I completely I took the question and I said okay so what is the worst that can happen Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I wanted to ask you that question. What is the worst? The that worst happen? that could happen is yeah. getting chewed out and being be like, well, I wanted to, you know, I did this and that for you and blah, blah, blah. And where is like my return for that? <laughs> so I think it would just be that. But I do hint to my mom like earlier before, you know, like an hour or two before this, I was talking with her and I told her how I'm super excited to do scuba diving. She's like, well, why do you want to do that? Because it costs so much money and have to worry about sharks. And I was telling her about how sharks behave because I've been watching a lot of stuff on sharks. Sharks aren't actually after humans. They don't like humans. And we just got on this big um, argument and she was like, well, I think it's stupid. And I told her, well, I think having children are stupid. Like children are so expensive. I was like for tank uh, equipment, like, you know, your fins, your wetsuit, your tank is probably about $2,000, depending on, you know, the quality of it. That's still a lot cheaper than a child. (laughs) Oh, yeah, (laughs) for sure. She, She did not like that very much, but I do. I do hint at it. You know, I asked this question, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Because in the end. I mean, yes, maybe your parents will not like it. Maybe you'll get into a whole argument about it. Maybe they'll push back for a while. But if your parents love you, at the end, they'll just be like, okay, it's, okay. Right. it's your life. You know, we want you to be happy. Even if it takes them six months or if it takes them 10 years. You know? It'll probably take them 10 years. It'll probably take them a really long, <laughs> really long time. But in the end, it's your life. It's not that. It's not your parents are going to live your life. Right. And that's why I'm like on this whole mission of like, you know what, I'm going to try to pursue a a master's in marine biology. Like I looked at university in Miami. I looked at um, universities in my own state and comparing like the research opportunities, like what, like, so each, you know, master's degree, they have different um, areas of study of like, oh, you can study this, you can study that for your research, for your thesis. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, which university has what I'm looking for kind of thing. Um, I do want to do work in con- in conservation, yeah, but not really sustainability. So as a vegan, I don't want to do sustainability because sustainability is like okay, so we grow th- grow extra fish. So when we eat them, we're technically not depleting their population. Mm-hmm. But that's on the whole, like with the animal ag, like oh, you know, we just produce more cows to kill them, yeah. and I just don't want to do that. I just want to you know save the fish and help their numbers come back up because they're depleting. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, circling back a little bit to the child free subject, one of the things that you sent me in the first email that I got from you was that you skimmed a little bit through the Reddit uh, Regretful Parents and you thought it was a big eye opener. So I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering how you felt or what is it that you read there that you were like, whoa. Yeah. So one was um, just the amount of people that were on there, they were like, oh yeah, you know, I love my kid, but I really hate them. And I feel bad that I'm saying that I hate them, but I do love them, but I hate having a kid. And if I could go back and not have them, I would. And I'm like, that's really powerful. Like, thank you for coming out and actually saying that anonymously on the internet or whatever. 
but like for someone who me for me because I was a fence sitter for a while I was like damn I don't want that life I just that life is not for me I've always been told oh you'd be a great mom I'm like oh you take care of your pets like you're so motherly to your pets you would be great mom to kids I don't want kids I really don't I, I completely understand. I've always been fascinated by, by these stories because I find them refreshing. And I think that more people should talk about that openly, you know, um, mm-hmm. because I think that people who are thinking about having children should have like the whole, the full picture. That's what I've always said. Like you need to have the full picture. Of course, there are really cool things about having ki- kids. I can see that. I can see my friends and, and their children and I can see how they enjoy being a mother Mm-hmm. Uh, not, it's not for me, like I said, but I can see how they like it and they enjoy it. But I, I can also see the the sides that are not so good. And I think that everyone needs to be fully informed about parenthood before they make this, that decision, because it's a big decision. Right. Like I have a friend who has two kids and she loves her kids. Like she wants to have another one. And she, but at the same time, she's like, this is really tiring. This is really hard. People are like, oh, you're such a good um, mom. And she's like, but being a good mom is so tiring. <laughs> like, I just don't want to be a good mom sometimes. So she's like, I'm not going to, you know, do bad to my kids, but it is very tiring. Um, yeah. I remember I went to an agriculture conference for women um, last month. And one of the women there, she was, she was older and she had kids and she was like, she was like, you know, kids having great, you know, having kids is great and wonderful. Because I said, everybody wanted one of kids there. There's a woman who was on a career path to become a CEO. And all of a sudden, she had a change of heart and wanted a kid. So she adopted. That was fine. She adopted her when she was like 40. And the kid was like nine. That's fine. But uh, everyone's like, oh, yeah, kids. And um, so she said, she ha- I think she has two kids. And she was like, she's like, if you don't want kids, don't have them. If you have like any slight feeling that you don't want them, don't have them because you can want them and really, really want kids. And it is so difficult. Like you have that drive, you have that passion for children and it's still really, really, really hard. And I was like, thank you (laughs) for not telling me, oh, you know, you'll change your mind. Hey, it's okay. Cause I don't really get that a lot. Cause uh, the other woman, she's like, Oh, you you know, you might change your mind. And I'm like, well, if I do, I can do what you did and just adopt. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, Eliza, it's been such a pleasure to have you in my show. Uh, I really liked our conversation. Um, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, allowing me to come on. I'm very grateful. And I did enjoy our conversation. That's awesome. Before I do let you go, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything at all that you want to tell my firecrackers who are listening to your interview? If you have any feeling in your heart that you don't want kids, listen to it. Listen to yourself. Listen to your heart. Actually sit down and be like, what do I want in life? Because at the end of the day, like, you matter what you want matters not what other people want if they don't like it for you then you don't you don't need them so if people say oh you need to become a mom or you're going to be an old maid or no man is going to want you just whatever just just do you if you don't want to have kids and you don't have kids and uh stick to it that's awesome thank you so much again eliza and it's been a pleasure to have you yeah thank you so much thank you for listening to the honest uproar a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, 
please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.